Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro.co slash clink hi and welcome to housewives of true crime welcome welcome i am tabitha Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome to Housewives of True Crime. True Crime. It's Tab and Gretchy. Hi. Hello. How is it going on this beautiful, beautiful Monday afternoon? It's going. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Any car problems today, Gretchy? No car problems to speak of. Good. Yeah. Good. Speaking of car problems... I got to tell you about a car problem I've been having lately. Oh, really? My husband, Sean, bought me those nice rims for my car. Mm -hmm. Was that like just a Wednesday present or like a birthday present or something? It was a, yeah, I think it was a whim present because I didn't really even notice them. Oh, yeah. And when I didn't notice them... He was real pissed. Oh, yeah. Because that's just not something that I would notice or care about. Like, my attention to detail is on, like, I don't know, flowers in the garden and the way a picture is hung, all those things. I'm not that great at it. And so he's very good at it. So he sees everything and he he sees every car and how they should be, you know, having the nice rims. So anyways, I got these nice rims, which is totally appreciated. Thank you, Sean. And now because I have three kids, I drive a ginormous car and I keep fucking the rims up. Sorry for my language. (laughs) But that's exactly what I do. (laughs) I would do exactly the same thing, which is actually why my husband told me I wanted to get my rims uh, powder coated. Yeah. Because I can't afford new fancy ones or anything. But I thought I could... uh, drop a couple hundy on that to make me look like the cool kids and my husband said nope no you cannot because you cannot park and you will scratch them up well you would i'm telling you 
<laughs> if I can't park, you can't park. That's for sure. So Sean's in the car with me and I'm driving and I should just not drive. Even though I got car sick, that's why I drive. But the like look and disgust that I get from scratching the rim, I think I'd rather just be sick to my stomach while driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never drive with Jeremiah. Sean's like, hey, stop. Or no, he didn't say stop. He said, just be careful when I was parking. He's like, be careful. You don't want to scratch your rim. And I kept backing up. And he's like, why did you keep backing up? I told you to stop. I was like, no, you just said to be careful. I was thought I was being careful. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's bad. Bad. So he was real bitter. Yeah. And then I just said, don't give me rims again. Oh, yeah. We had a pretty similar argument to that recently. I'm sure there's a lot of wives out there that feel me on this because I, I feel like it's a man thing. My husband does not empty his pockets ever. And he also never does laundry ever. So you're washing his change? So I wash all the things he keeps in his pockets. Like, you know, he carries a knife. I don't know. He fancies himself needing a knife all the time. <laughs> like he's going to like cut some bit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. And, you know, whatever he's got. Sometimes it's like a zip drive something Mm -hmm. sometimes it's important you know i say empty your pockets he doesn't and um recently he left his fancy mountaineering sunglasses all rolled up oh and and they got washed and dried i don't think they got dried i don't know but i was actually when he discovered them i was on the phone with you I'm on the phone oh. with Tab. Yeah, yeah. Now you remember? Yes. I'm on the phone with Tab and Jeremiah comes out not happy. And I was one of those like, oh, I guess I watched something of his. You Gotta had, go. You had just walked <laughs> into the house from somewhere. And I remember it was like, you're like, hey, what's going on to husband? And yeah. then like it literally dropped from there. You were like, I got to call you back. yeah he was not happy but i still think it's his fault for leaving them well i mean i mean i'm real sorry about it but i mean whatever you know i don't know (laughs) i'm 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 pleading the fifth you are okay so it was his birthday it's his birthday today yes happy birthday jeremiah happy birthday my love and i um bought him some airpods because we're all on the airpods trains and Tabby got us hooked right (laughs) gretchen loves them she said they changed her life they changed my life and i wanted them to change my husband's life too so i got them and i was thinking i should have you can, um, when you order them off of Apple, you can personalize the case. Yeah. I thought I should have put do not wash. <laughs> do not wash. <laughs> just as Do little, not lose. Just do not wash. a little joke, but I thought he might just, it might end up like an episode of this podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of episodes. So we went out to drinks with one of my girlfriends that has a firefighter husband. Mm-hmm. And. He was telling me this crazy story that happened to him the night before. So they go on these like 24-hour shifts, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I went on this call yesterday and 
this woman was having an affair and the husband walked in and saw them, took a machete, cut her head off, and then chopped the guy's arms off. Holy cow. Crazy. Yeah. In Los Angeles. Whoa. Yeah. How is that not like all over the news? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not. You heard it here first. Yeah, right? I mean, that's got, I mean, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Bananas. You know what? I just always think, like, what did we say like from the very beginning? Just don't have an affair. (gasps) I swear people go freaking nuts. I know. You know, it's like, just get divorced already. For sure. Who cares? Right? It's a piece of paper. Yeah. Maybe don't get married. Well, I mean, says the housewives. <laughs> I don't think that's the. I don't. I just think don't have. If an you affair. don't have kids, I don't think you have to get married. I don't know. I mean, if you want kids, you probably should. If you want I mean, kids, whatever. Yeah, it's I mean, good. it's good to you know, all have the same, you know, name, whatever. Right. It's 2019. I mean, I think that you do you. You do you. Yeah, we I don't prefer care. people to be married with children. I guess sometimes. I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know what? Whatever. Whatever yeah. works. Sometimes yeah. it works really well when yeah. you're not married and you just cohabitate and life is not so hey, stressful. Look at Kurt and Goldie. Yeah. They're like my favorite couple. Yeah, they are a good couple for sure. Oh and my I gosh. Do you follow so... her on social media? No, I don't, oh, but I saw her. You should. She's so cute. They're I... always like dancing with each other at cafes and being like adorable. I saw them at dinner at Mastro's and oh, they were adorable. Womp womp. <laughs> Here we go again. You hear that ice? Oh, we yeah, didn't mention when we were drinking. We didn't. Okay, so we're we... going back to our roots. We are going back to the roots. We are drinking. Dr. Pepper vodka, because what are we doing tonight, Gretchen? We're going to go see Ms. Heather McDonald. Yeah. So we're having drinks with Heather tonight. And we both woke up super early this morning. Mm-hmm. Heather's on fire. So we need to keep our she is. energy up. She loves the Instagram posts too, the stories, you know? Mm-hmm. We she's need to be better like, about that. She's like real good. Oh, and I wanted to say real fast because people that we love, like Heather, we also love the people that give us five star reviews and write um, a comment. And hello, we were looking at them. We love you so much. Yeah. So I think it's Mari's or Mar- Maris nine. Awesome review. Love. Yenny Kirk. Big Doug, Robin in charge, Shane, Pam, yep, Matt, Matt KR, Valley D, Valley D, Tiger Lover, love it, <laughs> Tiger Lover, love Tiger it, Lover, yeah, yeah. So you guys, thank you so much for those. We totally appreciate it, and yeah, we feel appreciated by you when we don't feel appreciated by our husbands. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Which brings us to our episode, which happens to be about a husband. Imagine that. I know, right? I mean, they always are. Got it twisted with his wife, I bet. Well, you know, something happened and something happened and somebody had an affair and, you know, it all kind of ties in, even though we don't even 
plan it to be that way. Right. Okay. Well, can't okay, wait to hear so it. So I'm going to give you, oh, and I want to just preface this really quick. We have a special guest coming on a little bit later, Gretchy. Who is it? Our friend Stacy from no Alabama. Way. Yeah. So this episode actually comes straight from her. Um, she was, you guys are going to freaking love Stacy from Alabama. So I'm going to have, I'm going to call her up at the end of our episode so she can give us a little Huntsville recap because she's from Huntsville. This case happened in Huntsville. And I just wanted to see, you know, what somebody really, really thinks about it in the zone. Cool. You know? Yeah. So anyways, I'll get right to it. This is the case of Betty and Jack Wilson. So Betty and Jack Wilson were a couple in Huntsville, Alabama in the 80s and 90s. They were like a real thing. They were the people that threw the parties, the political parties. Jack was a well-respected eye doctor and Betty a beautiful socialite. Okay. Sounds like a dreamy kind of marriage to me. More like a life, right? Yeah. Money. Jack was said to be have a net worth of $6.1 million. Which in the 80s goes a long way in Huntsville because I've looked at homes in Stacy's Hood. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And what do they go for? Like 200 now. Yeah. So, so in what, the 80s. Come on. Come on. So $6.1 million, you're rolling. If he had a million-dollar home, he had freaking Versailles. <laughs> Well, he might have. (laughs) I don't know. So unfortunately, on May 22nd, 1992, Betty was coming home from her usual AA meeting when she ran upstairs and saw Jack lying in a pool of blood. She ran to the neighbor's house and she called 911. Listen, this is the police department. Talk to me, okay? Were you in the house or did you walk in the house? Okay, you come home and you walk in the house and you saw this person laying on the floor. Who is the person to you? Okay, do you know do you know if the person that hurt him is still inside? I don't know. I got Okay. Now you just go stand there and you don't go back to your house, okay? And we've got an ambulance and we've got the police on the way. Okay. When police arrived, they found Jack dead, beaten and stabbed two times. Around him, there was a bloody baseball bat, but no knife to confirm the stabbing. His wallet was on the ground with no cash inside, but all his credit cards were still there. There was an open gun case in the bedroom and the gun was missing. But other than that, the house looked intact. It didn't look like a normal robbery where drawers are open and things are like strung around, you know? Yeah. And to the police, it looked like someone was out to get Jack. Okay. Earlier in that day, the neighbors claimed they saw him walk outside around 4, 4.30 and put a political sign in front of his house and kind of hammer it down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so we all know that can set people off. Oh, totally. I wonder what kind of political sign. I couldn't see. I mean, they had a reenactment in one thing that I saw, but it probably wasn't of the person that he was really rooting for. Yeah. If it was Donald Trump. Forget it. People would be, you know, I don't know, people. But in Alabama, it's probably okay to put Trump. 
Yeah. yeah I, I think it's geographical. Anyways, it's probably a red state. I'm guessing it was Betty because you already said she came home from a AA meeting. And we all know if you don't drink, you get real irritated with your husbands right quick. <laughs> Especially when they get super PO'd about you washing their sunglasses. Oh, yeah. You probably had a drink right after. That's so true. (laughs) So police start investigating and they get a tip. Someone calls in to report overhearing a man named James White tell someone at the bar and at the bar where he usually hung out that he killed the doctor in Huntsville. So this person knew, she knew James, and she knew he was a habitual liar. And not only that, but James was known for being a drunk and a drug addict. He was basically like, he struggled, right? But she felt, you know what, I got to report it because what if it's true? Yeah. So she reports it. And the police, they pick him up. And they start questioning him. And now let me tell you a little bit about James really quick. James had been in and out of mental institutions. And he had been to jail before. And at one point they said about him that in one of the mental institutions that he was delusional to the point that he had a hard time determining between fact and fiction. Okay. Okay. So he was quite a character. He escaped jail also when he was in jail. (laughs) He kidnapped a man and wife. And so, you know, he's not your typical Joe, if you will. Okay. All right. So at first during the interrogation, James denies everything. He's like, I didn't do it. I don't know what it's talking about. Then 10 hours later, as the night starts turning into morning, he starts to tell pieces of a story that constantly contradict each other. So he'll say one thing and then he'll say another thing. And that doesn't make sense to the investigators, but his story was all over the place. And I'm going to be a little biased here because I listen to Undisclosed and Truth and Justice podcast. And I know that police and investigators love a good story. And sometimes they make it make sense. Yeah. For the people. Yeah. That happens. It happens. And, oh, and let me tell you, James, I think he completed eighth grade or didn't complete eighth grade all the way. I have a hard time believing what this guy says. Let's just put it very bluntly right now. Okay. So they offer him a plea deal. Okay. They say, you won't get the death penalty and you will get the possibility of parole after only seven years if you tell the story that Peggy Lowe, who is Betty's sister, and Betty hired you to kill Betty's husband. What? Yeah. So in his interrogation, he mentions that he knows Betty's sister. Okay. And I'm going to get at, I'm going to get it, get at that later about his whole, what he told the police, but let me get to, let me kind of stop in that track and get to Betty and her sister. Betty has a twin sister. Her name is Peggy Lowe. I love the names Betty and Peggy. It's kind of cute. Super cute. Super cute. Yeah. And they're twins. If I had chickens, I would name them Betty and Peggy. (laughs) My grandma's name was Peggy. 
I know. Rest in peace, Peggy. So Peggy was a school teacher at this man, James's kids school. And he had done some handiwork around the school and Peggy decided to hire him for her own personal handiwork around her house. And Peggy would, you know, she was that, she's like that church going, very sweet school teacher, taught first grade, tried to help people out all the time. So I think this guy, she decides that she's going right. to help him. Well, James told the police that Peggy was infatuated with him after he started doing work on the house for her. Uh, okay. And he says Peggy would complain about her friend's husband. And then finally it came out that it wasn't her friend's husband. It was her sister's husband. And she would eventually ask James to kill her sister's husband. Okay. And so this is all the story he's telling police. Yes. Okay. If we believe, I mean, if we believe that he's coming out with this, this is his story. Yeah. Okay. So the police start investigating Betty and Peggy. And Betty is this beautiful socialite all around town throwing those political parties. And she's like the queen bee. But behind closed doors was... A different story. She was having a bunch of affairs. No. Yeah, Betty. she was. Betty was. Betty Boop. Betty Boop, not Betty Crocker. Okay. All right. All right. But she says Jack knew about it and Jack was okay because Jack and her did not have a sexual marriage. They slept in separate bedrooms. He had a colostomy bag. Oh, and she. That's rough. Yeah. And she said he couldn't perform sexually. So he was fine with it. And maybe he was. I don't know. I mean, you don't know what what's going on. I mean, he seemed like he had some procedure that he couldn't. You know, he had a shit Mm, in a bag. Okay, well, colostomy bag or not, my husband would not be okay with it. (laughs) And mine would not either. He would be like, for better or for worse. Yeah, I know. This is what you signed up for. But that wasn't what she was doing. She She was humping the town. All right. Okay. So this did not sit well with investigators. I will tell you that. Peggy, on the other hand, although just as much involved in the scheme was, you know, like I said, the first grade teacher, the churchgoer helped the less fortunate people. Hence her trying to get James work. She even stated that she tried to have Betty hire James to do work for her also to get some extra cash. Like she called her sister and was like, hey, I have this, you know, handyman if you need anything. Okay. Well, the police and the DA were convinced that these three were out to kill Jack Wilson. So Betty Wilson's trial was first and James White testified. James White says that he was a friend of the twin sister and worked there. You know, just like all the stuff I just said, and they became fast friends. He claims that Peggy and him would constantly talk on the phone. And finally, they agreed that he would kill 
Jack Wilson for $5,000. That is a good deal. But don't you know, like all these cases that we've been doing on hired killers, it's like $5,000. You get what you pay for. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She got it. If If this is like, if Betty really... If we're doing an episode about it, she got what she paid for. Okay. okay. It didn't go according to plan. So, well, I don't know. Peggy paid half the money. This is all James's testi- testimony. Okay. okay. Peggy pays half the money a couple months before, and Jim immediately spends the money. Jim had told Peggy it would happen between March and April. And when that didn't happen, Peggy starts press- pressuring him. Then, after a night together that resulted in Peggy and Jim sleeping together on May 15th, 1992, mind you, Peggy's married also. Oh. Okay. Oops. I don't believe it. Yeah, okay. If you saw Jim, I don't think you would believe it either. Okay. okay I'm taking maybe, it all into the context. Okay, so, of but maybe Peggy's a lonely rambling. heart, too, and okay. needs some Jim action. I don't know. Right. So Peggy was really on Jim to get this job done. And Jim had run out of the money and needed extra cash. So he told Peggy about his dilemma. He's like, I, I, I spent it. So the very next day on the May 16th, Peggy instructs Jim to head to a AA meeting in Lake Guntersville State Park, where Betty's car would be parked, unlocked, with a book in the back seat. He was to take that book, and it would have money to finance his trip to Huntsville to kill Jack Wilson. Well, when Jim arrived at the gate to retrieve the book, there were guards there, and they would not let him in. So the guard told him to go to the nearest payphone, where he was to call Peggy. Peggy calls the front desk of where the AA meeting was, gets a hold of Betty, and they call Jim back and figure out how The guard can get the book out of the car and then hand it to Jim. Okay. Two days later, Betty calls Jim herself to ask him what is going on and why her husband hadn't been murdered yet. She told Jim it had to be before May 24th because she did not want to go on vacation with him. And they were set (laughs) to go on vacation on May 25th. Now I'm believing James' story. Then on May 20th, Jim has another excuse of why he couldn't get the job done because he couldn't get the clip for his gun. So he says Peggy meets Jim with Betty to give him a 38 caliber gun to get the job done. Jim takes the gun, wraps it in a towel and says he doesn't really like guns. So he hides it under some boards behind his trailer. Okay. Jim was then instructed to go to Jack's office on May 21st and get it done already. Okay, geez. On May 21st, he heads to the office and he decides that the plan is not right. There's too many people around and he calls Peggy and talks to Betty, who happens to be staying at her sister's house that night. And he tells the lady that he can't, the ladies that he can't take care of the job and he needs money to stay in Huntsville. So Betty then instructs Jim to meet her at Chick-fil-A to get the money. Betty drops $100 for Jim, who says he now takes it to Kmart to get some underwear and a travel kit and heads to the Wilson's home to get the lay of the land and then stays at the Ramada Inn. 
Okay. Jim then tells Betty someone needs to drive him to the house because he doesn't want to be seen. Betty meets him at the mall parking lot, drops him off at her house. Jim claims he waited for several hours in the house and then comes to face to face with Jack on the stairs and he didn't bring the gun. So he grabbed whatever object was near, which happened to be the baseball bat and beat him. But actually, Jim says that he doesn't remember. He says he remembers coming face to face with Jack, doesn't remember killing him, doesn't remember killing him with a baseball bat, says he kind of blacked out until he finds himself in the woods behind the Wilson's house where he buried a bag of clothes, went back to the house, had Betty drive him back to his car at the mall. Okay, well, sometimes when people are killing somebody, they see red. And they just, that's what they describe. And they don't remember. You know, when I did some public speaking recently, I saw just black. I mean, I literally saw black. Yeah. So I can only imagine if you're that nervous. I'm seeing black just kind of getting up in front of my kid's school. Yeah. That, yeah, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. So... The next day, he says he goes to pick up the rest of the money from Peggy's garage where it was not there. Now, there are, and this is all in Betty's trial, okay? So there are some witnesses in this case. Dude, why aren't Betty and Peggy kicking him down the money? Betty is clearly loaded. I don't know. I don't know. He says it's not happening. So this bank teller gets up on the stand and she says, yep, you know, Jim had deposited $500 and had more money than she'd ever seen him have in a long time as, you know, he didn't have a job and, but he was doing handyman work. So that does come with cash. Well, also I'm thinking, yeah, they are loaded. So why would they hire Jim? Like, couldn't they find anybody better? I don't know. I don't know who to find. Do you? I mean- Yeah. We won't go there. I'm not saying anything on the record. (laughs) A grocery store owner in Vincent, Alabama, said that Jim had come back to pay two bounce checks that he had written two weeks before. So that's kind of weird, too. Like, he he seemed to have come into some money somehow. And then there was a friend of Betty's that got up on the stand, and she said six years prior, Betty told her she wanted to kill her husband. But what Betty actually said was, I'd rather be widowed than a divorcee. I don't know if that really means you want to kill your husband. Yeah, I don't know if that's what that really means either. Yeah, six years prior. So many people testified that Betty had a lot of affairs. And she was meeting men in New York and at her AA. And then the prosecution brought up a man that she had an affair with. And he happened to be black. Okay. Now, Gretchen, remember, Mm -hmm. this is in Alabama Yeah, in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. It's not in the 60s or, you know. Oh, no. But it's over 25 years ago. And she's like a socialite. Like, I get it. Yeah. And I betcha there was some racism going on there. Yeah. And I think that this is why the prosecution brought this one man up. Mm. Okay. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, but I also kind of think, like, go Betty. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to be, like, as Tab would put it, humping around, I'm glad she, like, found, like, some hot black dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She was no getting it. No shame in her game. Yeah, yeah. She was getting it. But 
I think this is what maybe cost Betty oh. her freedom. Oh, okay. So there was a lot of testimony about Betty Wilson's character. You know, like people didn't like that she was sleeping around. People didn't like that she talked shit about her husband's colostomy bag. And the claims that, you know, supported Jim having the money, going to the Ramada, being a Chick-fil-A, going to Kmart. He even knew the shoes that Betty was wearing that night of the murder. He said they were like flowered shoes. And even the guard gate said, yeah, some guy did come and get a book, right? They did find those clothes also, but only the second time that they went to the house. They missed it during their first initial search with the dogs. And the police claimed that it was because the dog had an allergy. (laughs) That is odd. Yes, that is odd. And it couldn't also be determined if those clothes were actually bloodstained. So I don't know. I mean, I can start figuring out this puzzle real easily if I want to say that maybe Betty didn't do it, but maybe she did. I don't know. So now Betty's defense really just had an explanation for the two real key pieces of evidence in this case against her, which was the book and the gun. Okay. Everything else is just kind of... Because the gun, they link to being her personal gun. Yes. Yeah. And they could tell that. They could tell it was her gun. It was registered okay. to them. But like I said, when they when they initially searched the house, there was a case open that the gun was in. So it looked, it did look like somebody took the gun from the house. When I looked at crime scene photos, that's how it looked. Okay. They don't really mention that in the trial. Betty's a socialite. She knows good lawyers. I'm not too worried mm-hmm. about her. So Betty was actually shopping all day that day for her vacation that she was going to go on the very next day. And so she had receipts like for her whereabouts. Oh, that's so smart. Everything except for two half an hours between 2.30 and 5 o'clock. So this would, in the state's case, give her the time to go and drop Jim off there at 2.30 and then come back at 5 o'clock to pick him up. Right. Okay. So if James testifies that all these times are correct, then Betty's, you know, positioning of timing is correct with his. And then the two, the other two things were the book and the gun. Well, the gun he could have taken at the scene of the crime, but the book, why did she give him the book? And full of money. And they claim that Betty actually never, ever did meet this man, but the sister, Peggy, called her and said, hey, you know what? He really needs some money. Can you help him get back on his feet? And so she put the money in the book and said, hey, meet here. You know, here you go. Here's some money for you. You're my sister's friend. And she also wanted him to go to AA because she knew he was a drunk. And she was like, Miss AA lady. Okay. So that's, you know, that's what. That's her story. Her story is. And let me tell you, it didn't work. It didn't work. What happened to her? She was convicted on first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Where Betty is still now. Really? Yeah, she is. And Betty Betty basically says that I was a rich... This is like exactly what she says on one interview. She says, I was a rich bitch that had an affair with a black guy. 
people didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I think I, I think I believe her. So I, I would like to see. But so what is her? Okay. But so what, why would her, her sister just wanted this, her husband dead? Why? Well, now Betty, no, now Pe- Peggy goes on trial. Okay. Okay. So now we're at Peggy's trial. Peggy's trial is at a later date. So there was, I think, a little bit more time and stuff to kind of dig up what actually happened here, maybe. Okay. So it's the same exact case. So you would think that Peggy would be sitting right alongside Betty. And her trial would begin just like Betty's, except for Peggy was the loyal do-good lady in town school teacher, Sunday school teacher, helped everyone she could, wasn't having any affairs with any black guys. Yeah. And here's two major differences between Peggy's trial and Betty's trial. James White got on the stand and he said that he was there at a later time. So I think he said seven o'clock instead of five o'clock. Okay. Which would make it impossible Oh, or Betty to have taken him. It's it's imp- his story isn't right if he changed the time. Those times had to be exactly on par for the story to work. Yeah. So can't Becky appeal based on that? Betty, she did appeal. I'll get there. Okay. Then the other thing was they had more time for forensics and. Her attorneys hired a forensic analysis that took a a look at Jack's autopsy in the crime scene. And he came to a different conclusion on what actually happened. He said that when you hit somebody on the head with a baseball bat, that you crush their skull in like a, think of it like a spider web kind of pattern. Okay. But Jack's skull had puncture marks in it more like a fireplace stick okay and he said also where jack was laying was more like swirl marks of blood like he had been moved around and not just like a pool of blood okay so he thought that maybe this isn't how jack died maybe somebody used the gun and put blood all over it also there were no fingerprints on the bat so oh. he thought somebody put the blood stains on the bat themselves, moved him into that position, but actually killed him in a different location with the fireplace sticker and fled the house. Okay. And he thought more than one person did the job. And I don't know why that would be the case. Who knows? But it put enough doubt in the jury's mind to let her off. So Peggy is free and Betty is not. And James is not either. James is in jail for pleading guilty. We already know that. And so it wasn't too long until somebody overheard James praying one night for forgiveness and lying about the entire incident and putting these two in implicating these two women. So it's Peggy. We know Peggy is like the mastermind of all this. Well, James is is praying, saying that that he made the whole thing up and he was the sole person doing it. Like maybe he knew that Peggy had an, a sister that was rich 
And he knew her address because she had once, Betty actually once tried to hire James, but he never showed up. Have you seen The Usual Suspects? Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, this is very like Kaiser Soze. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So this guy signs a signed affidavit saying that he overheard James say this. And James even says that he lied and made the whole thing up until the DA and he's he the DA admits this on forensic files. Okay. Okay. The DA says he went marched his self right into James's cell and said if he changed his story, he would make sure that he got the electric chair. So guess what? James is not talking. Oh my I mean, God. he's mentally disturbed for one. For right? one. He's got he's mental in- illness. And oh, Betty they... gets an appeal. James gets on the stand and pleads the fifth and says nothing. Oh my gosh, I'm sick to my stomach. Yeah. So he you you can see some interviews of him and he's like all over the place. He doesn't know what you know, which way is right and which way is left. Like, yeah. The car that he says he was in before and after killing this man didn't have any blood, hair, fingerprints of him at all. Nothing. He changed his story so many times. I mean, even when they were trying to get his story out, it was all over the place. Okay. But that's where we stand still to this day. I mean, there are people that believe that he is you know, that this whole thing is contrived and made up. And some people believe that. Well, who got all the like Betty and husband money? I don't know. Did Peggy get it? Is she whooping it up in Huntsville? Uh, I don't know about that, actually. I know that it did right Peggy away got be tied up. a lot of money on her commissary. Okay. Betty be, needs to be eating like all the vending machine food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, so after doing all this research, I just, I, I'm not convinced that Betty or Peggy did it. I think in my, you know, biased opinion, biased opinion that this guy thought that this rich bitch was gonna have something for him and broke into the house and was hiding out there and didn't know that Jack was there and came to a confrontation, killed him, and ran away with the gun. Then they came back, hid the clothes because they have to make a story oh, out of it. it. They, yeah. They, you know, oh, a oh, we found yeah. it the second time around. Oh. And then they were never, like, okay, never. you're making you know, a murderer. Bullshit. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah. okay, where were you at 2.30? Are you sure you weren't there at 2.30? Where were you at 2.30? Did she pick you up at 2.30? Was it 2.30 they picked you, that yeah, she picked you up yeah, yeah. in her car? Oh, yeah. and at 5.30 you Get went back? Get me a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. I can just see it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know? Okay. You've convinced me. When are we going to hear what Stacy thinks? We're going to call her right now. Awesome. Hello. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Stacy. It's the hey. Housewives. How are you, ladies? We're great. How are you, our Alabama friend? We miss so much. Oh my gosh, you just have to talk to her for 30 seconds before you go into that. I miss you guys. So 
we just said real quick, we met Stacy at the Crime Con and we immediately knew that she would be our best friend forever. We kind of did. <laughs> we did. And it was real fun hanging with you. So you told me about this case and I did not tell Gretchy anything until right now. We just got finished <gasps> with it. And oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So tell us what you think, Stace. My mom's like, don't you go on there and spill your guts. Her sister still lives here. And she's married. And he lives in Huntsville. I'm like, okay, mom, gosh. Oh, I was oh, thinking okay. that. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. God, you know, how big is Huntsville? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's big. We're we're a few, um, maybe, I think they said six years away from being the biggest city in, in Alabama. However, it's small yeah. enough where when you're born and raised, everybody knows your business. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so do you believe that it was Petty Beggy? <laughs> Petty Beggy. That could just be one name. <laughs> Betty and Peggy? Or do you think this James White character is a Looney Tune? Well, you know, he had in his possession a gun registered to Betty. And, right. you know, people say, oh, well, he could have stolen that out of her house. Okay, well, why did he steal a library book? Why did he steal a pair of her shoes, you know, her little kids that had flowers on them? I, I, I think that even though there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, um, I absolutely think that Betty Wilson is where she belongs. Mm -hmm. And I think that Peggy Lowe is probably one of the more fortunate and lucky women on this earth because she should really be in Tutwiler next to her sister. Now, what do you think that Peggy's motivation is for being in on this whole thing? So, I am an only child. So, mm -hmm. I don't understand, like, my two daughters fighting drives me insane. However, I know that they would bury a body for each other. And I can only imagine the connection that twins have her sister was unhappy i think she knew um you know she knew james white from you know doing some odd jobs you know around her house he had a crush on her you know he i mean that was very well known yeah um, and she was kind to him and you know he described like her panties and what color they were like they were pinkish purplish now what kind of color is that but oh they go into her house and oh well she has some panties and that's exactly how you would describe them betty's like well the only way i knew him is because you think i'm southern oh holy shit <laughs> the only way i knew him is because he was gonna come to our house and do some work well, yeah, he's going to do some work. He's going to kill your damn husband. Oh, <laughs> shoot. You know, and it just, mm -hmm. but really the only thing that makes me doubt is James White. And am I really expecting him to be this articulate, credible, you know, great orator that stands up and is so truthful and you know um no they built the story for him 
Yeah. Well, whether yeah, he did it and that's probably, the way. Yeah. They built the story for him so that it would make sense to a jury. Whether or not it right. happened exactly like they said sure. it, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, I think that's the question of it, you know? I think that's the question of all of it is that. And, you know, then you go back and think, okay, well, if one is guilty of murder and then one, you know, was, was not, you know, no, they both are, if they are exactly, exactly. One just got lucky. Exactly. So it's like, it's, it's a really interesting, um, case for sure. And, you know, people will still, I was in an office in an eye doctor office the other day and I noticed there was a little thing, um, for Jack Wilson and like in memory of him and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I know, I know. And then I remembered how we had talked about it at Crown Con. So anyway, well, thanks for talking to us. And, um, we will be texting you soon. And I'll let you know when it comes out. Thanks, Stace. Yeah, You're thank welcome, you so much. Guys. I enjoyed it. And I yeah. had my dad for his birthday. Well, that was super fun having Stacy on. Yeah. Yeah, that was a perspective I wasn't anticipating. Me neither. Yeah, so that was our first guest appearance straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, well, Pretty not much. really. We had Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did have Bloody Mary. Okay, second. Yeah, second. First friend. Yeah, first friend. First friend. Um, And that, I think, wraps it up for everybody. I mean, you guys got to tell us what you think, because this one is a, this one's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. And it's a long one. Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah, totally. Thanks for hanging in there, guys. Again, follow us on Instagram, Housewives of True Crime. Rate us a five star if you love us. If you don't love us, you can totally tell us on Facebook or Instagram, but just don't rate us because we're trying to get up in the rankings. (laughs) People like us. They seem to really like us when they like us. So that's good. It's fun. And we are off to uh, go hang out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll let you know next time about how it is. Have a good night, everybody. Okay, clink, clink. Clink, clink.